0: hello and welcome to the political notebook podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher and I'm Robert Robb, editorial columnist for the Arizona Republic and Billy's dad.
1: I've been uh, intending to do a podcast on this cyber ninja audit for a while now but haven't gotten up uh, haven't gotten it to, to it until now uh, but the good news I guess for the purposes of this podcast is that the audit seems to be just going on forever. Um, so going to talk about the audit and then also, um, you wrote a column, uh, recently about the Republican party, um, that I also wanted to talk about. But the first question uh, I want to touch on is on the origin uh, of this outside audit. Um, in your mind, uh, was there any legitimate rationale behind it in the first place? Uh, and, you know, is there any other reason why, uh, the Arizona Senate would authorize this other than the fact that Trump lost and he was uh, making a lot of noise about it being rigged?
0: I I do not believe there was any legitimate um, reason to uh, launch uh, the audit. Um, There's uh, utterly uh, no indication uh, that there was anything untoward about the conduct of The uh, Arizona election uh, in 2020 Uh, and the uh, Maricopa County portion of that uh, was run by an entity that reports directly because of a reform that was adopted to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, which is four to one Republican. Um, So uh, and, and in all of the customary tests and even some extraordinary ones that the Board of Supervisors uh, conducted all showed that um, the election uh, was conducted uh, appropriately and without any reason to question the results however there there is a reason for uh, a political reason that the audit was lost was launched uh, other than just trying to fan the of uh, Trump's claims that the um, election was stolen. Um, he has successfully banned those flames, uh, and he has incited uh, Republican, uh, the Republican rank and file, uh, uh, with that belief. And so, Republicans uh, in the Senate um, were under a lot of political pressure. Uh, to do some kind of review of the election uh, results. Even with that, there's utterly no justification for the way that they did it because they've turned the whole thing over to Trump conspiracy theorists. Uh, In contrast to the way Republicans in the state Senate did uh, in Michigan, for example, Um, They did their own investigation. They asked their own questions. They had their own hearings uh, and issued a report that explained why the usual claims uh, of fraud, which are basically um, vote switching by the machines, dead people voting and counterfeit ballot, uh, debunked all those uh, and demonstrated that they weren't right. That was the right way to do it. Um, right. Karen Fan did exactly the wrong way to do it uh, and has done a giant disservice to the state, to the country uh, and probably to the Republican Party in Arizona.
1: Yeah, you wrote a column specifically about the difference between the audit that was done in Arizona and the audit was done in Michigan um, and and wrote another column recently that w- that will that will talk about later about. You know what is this? How does this reflect on the on the Republican Party in uh, Arizona as a whole? I, I I remember the most of the rationales that that I heard of the Republicans who are supporting the, this outside audit in the in the first place was that well our voters have questions about it being legitimate our voters are calling for this because they don't trust it the only way we can get uh, regain trust in our elections is if we. Um, If we do this and and to me, I'm like, I'm thinking, you know, Trump has made accusations of fraud ever since he was, you know, a candidate in the in the primaries in the Republican primary. He accused Ted Cruz of running fraud on like the Iowa primary. He was he even though he won the 2016 election, he was crying fraud about California uh, with millions of people saying that he thinks he won. You know, California. Not only, so so so. It's kind of frustrating me to be like, okay, you're um, you're you're a representative here of of your constituents, um, rather than making either like you said a legitimate effort to find out if there was actual you know anything anything going on, or pushing back against obvious uh, bad faith you know smears. Um, they were just going along with it <laughs> you know and that seems like i don't know what i don't know what i don't know what is the difference between you know the character or the sense of of duty of the republicans who made that review in michigan versus the ones that did it here but i definitely agree with you that uh failure is pretty drastic in this in this situation um <clears throat> There's also the question about uh, money uh, and and the, and the whole funding uh, being raised through Trump uh, through Trump loyalists, and the the, the original Senate um, decision to open up this allocated one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars to run the audit, um, but it's been raising money through their TV whatever it is, OAN shows uh, and, and they've been, they have not been transparent about it. Everyone's like, well, who's paying for this? They wouldn't say it until uh, I think they had a, I think it went to court, right? The court forced them to disclose that, to disclose well, the, the funding.
0: Yeah, there, there was a, a court decision by, um, in response to a lawsuit that an outside group uh, formed saying that, that uh, everything associated with, Uh, the audit um, should be a matter of public record since it's ostensibly, although not in truth, uh, being conducted uh, by um, the Senate or on behalf of the Senate. Uh, A judge um, found that that was the case. Uh, Now, um, an appeal was possible. Uh, The uh, disclosure didn't necessarily have to be made at this point in time. Um, So to me, it's kind of interesting that the decision was made to go ahead and uh, provide at least that information uh, at this point in time without uh, appealing um, the uh, judge's decision. Now, the judge also said that all correspondence, all communications between anybody involved in the audit at all, legislators, the people who are conducting the audit, the people who are uh, financing the audit in reality, which isn't the Senate, it's Trump conspiracy theorists, Uh, all of that is also a matter of a public record. Um, That has not been disgorged yet, but we we now know that there are millions of dollars being spent by Trump conspiracy theorists uh, to conduct this audit, Um, which means it's not really an audit. By the Senate, so it- right. I want
1: to read you actually, just to kind of like, I think you're transitioning to this point that I want to read. Uh, Maricopa County tweeted this out, and and uh, I think might be good to get into this a little bit. As they said, they said, honest question: When the Senate is paying $150,000 and outside groups who believe there was massive election fraud are putting up nearly six million toward the audit, who are the cyber ninjas and subcontractors really working for? Um, do you see, like, what would be your response to that? Who are they really working for?
0: Well, it's clear that it's being run by Trump conspiracy theorists. Uh, they, they don't need to have, uh, anyone tell them <laughs> what, what the desired result is here and they're making a ton of money off of it. Um, right. so it's, it's, it is not, uh, in any way, shape or form an exercise that's true Really being conducted by the Senate are on behalf of the Senate. Um, and this becomes relevant uh, in terms of any decision that's made to resist uh, the additional subpoenas that have been issued to Maricopa County and to Dominion Voting, the company that provided the voting machines uh, that have been the subject of um, one of the uh, conspiracies. Uh, when it was, when, when the, first subpoenas were issued. Uh, You could make a case that uh, this was an exercise of the Senate uh, in its uh, legislative capacity. Um, And uh, Maricopa County decided not to resist a decision by another judge uh, that the subpoenas were valid and needed to be complied with. Uh, but now, with these subsequent subpoenas, I think that there's a very good legal argument to be made uh, that uh, these aren't being made on behalf of the Senate uh, or to further any legitimate um, legislative purpose. So it is interesting that Maricopa County tweeted that out. Uh, that may or may not uh, preface uh, what its legal strategy is going to be. Uh, with respect to these additional subpoenas that have been issued.
1: And it seemed, it was surprising to, I mean, maybe I shouldn't be surprised by anything that, <clears throat> that they do, but uh, it's it kind of seemed like they were wrapping it up and about to issue a, issue a report. And the, the county has also said statements like, just finish your report and then defend it in court. You know, they, they're they just, let's get this over with so we can we can, you know, Get beyond this, but then, you know, they kind of they kind of whispered out, or they just said it that they that the counts didn't match. They're like, oh, before it was even concluded, before they even even had a report, um, Karen Fan said that they didn't match, and then uh, the, the counts of the cyber ninjas and the counts of the of Maricopa County. So then you had all this drama and all these fake numbers throwing out that were, that were, but then they haven't even finished a report yet. Now we have these new subpoenas coming out and it's like, Oh my gosh. Uh, so how, I mean, what's the end, what's the end game for them do you think? Um, and what's the end game for,
0: um, I don't know, moving, moving beyond this. I have no idea what the end game is for moving, um, beyond this. Um, but, um, Trump conspiracy theorists aren't spending millions of dollars to produce a report that said, guess what? There was nothing wrong with, uh, the Arizona election. Uh, Trump lost, uh, Biden won. That's, that's not what they're paying for. And I think it's fair to prepare, um, for, uh, the ultimate report, um, making some kind of case, uh, that there uh, were uh, enough things wrong uh, to make a credible argument that Trump actually won Arizona. Now, I don't think that in, in, that the threat of Maricopa County of, we'll see in court uh, really um, has uh, m- much behind it. Uh, I, I think it'd be tough for the report to defame Maricopa County Um, But it would be easy for the report to defame Dominion voting by claiming that there was some kind of flaw in the functioning of their machines. And uh, Dominion voting has filed massive lawsuits for defamation. Uh, The guy that is leading uh, the um, Senate uh, audit, uh, the chief ninja, Uh, has said uh, comparable things about Dominion Voting, uh, that Dominion Voting has filed massive defamation lawsuits. And one of the really uh, irresponsible things uh, among many that Karen Fan has done is that she signed a contract uh, indemnifying uh, Cyber Ninja and all of its contractors Uh, for anything that is said uh, in the final report. Uh, So uh, these Trump conspiracy theorists can put anything they want in it. Uh, And if it defames Dominion Voting and the functioning of its machines and Dominion Voting decides to sue about it uh, and wins, um, Cyber Ninja and their contractors don't own a dime. Uh, The taxpayers of Arizona do. Uh, yeah, that, that's wild. That, that that was probably the singular, most irresponsible thing in a litany of many uh, that um, Karen Fan did.
1: And that's so wild. That's like pretty. I mean, think about the cyber ninjas and this chief ninja guys. Like nobody, nobody even knew who they were. It's like this random dude from Florida that you know, I heard an interview with him early on. He was like, he almost looked like emotionally pained. Like he like was totally bought into this conspiracy and, and, uh, and they didn't put, you know, they didn't, they could have easily, like you said about the Michigan thing, put out different, different, uh, taking different offers and, and, and gotten bids and made a responsible contract to do it. It, you know, if they were going to do it, uh, which makes it, again, so obvious what the <laughs> what the kind of like intentions behind it. And we should also mention that um, they've also made a decision to um, disqualify all the machines that these auditors were using because they didn't trust them anymore and they were outside their control and there were, you know, all these, you know, they had a conspiracy theorist there like filming a documentary there and, um, um, just, just, and so, and so they're, they're on the, now they're, the county's going to have to pay millions of dollars to replace all these machines, you know, buying Dominion machines because there's nothing wrong with the machines. They've done all these tests. So, so yeah, it's just, it's just wild.
0: The, the, um, the only hope, and it's a slender one, is Ken Bennett's, uh, continuing, uh, involvement in it. Um, When when there was a discrepancy between what cyber ninjas came up with in terms of the total vote in Maricopa counties, Uh, I mean, I have confidence in Maricopa counties, so I think clearly the the cyber ninja vote was inaccurate. Um, uh, Bennett persuaded, uh, uh, apparently over the objection of cyber ninja, uh, that there be just a count of the ballots, another independent count of the ballots. Now, he's been frozen out, and it's the cyber ninja and people affiliated with cyber ninja that are running the second count. Um, but uh, Bennett, if, if there's any hope that this doesn't go down, the writer report that says Trump won on whatever basis you can concoct, uh, it is Bennett's continuing involvement that's the only slender hope of avoiding that result, I don't think he can resist uh, six million dollars being expended to produce a particular report, uh, and I don't really believe that Karen Fan uh, has his back. Um, so I don't—I'm not putting much faith in that hope. But that's the one slender element of of hope that this might turn might not turn out to be uh, the disaster that it's headed towards. So
1: I also want to transition here and touch on this column you just, you just wrote <clears throat> that was very powerful, I think, and I want to read just a, uh, a clip from it. Uh, you say, this was the plot, create unfounded doubts about the legitimacy of the vote count in key battleground states that he lost, but which had Republican-controlled legislatures. Encourage or pressure GOP election officials not to certify the election results. Encourage or pressure Republican state legislators to ignore the election results, even if certified, and take action to choose Trump electors for the Electoral College rather than the Biden ones voters had actually chosen. You say, this wasn't Trump being a sore loser or just not accepting that he had lost. This was an attempted coup. Trump executed a plot after the election to remain in office despite having lost. Um, <clears throat> did you, did you, what was it like to write that sentence even, or that, that section? I mean, was it, you're writing that the president of the United States, uh, attempted a coup. Did that give you pause or did that, uh, what was going through your mind as you, as you were going to write that and, and publish it?
0: No, it, it became obvious to me that this was what was happening, um, towards the end of last year. Um, The aha moment for me wasn't the January 6th riot, as it was for so many people. It was when it was obvious that that this plot was afoot. uh, And a highly disturbing number of Republican uh, officials, uh, particularly here in Arizona, uh, were willing to go along with it. and and to be co-conspirators in the plot to to overturn the outcome of a presidential election. Um, I I wrote that around that time. Um, But um, in the public mind, the riots of January 6th have become such a searing uh, experience and event uh, that that has become commonly accepted as Trump's offense against democracy. I think he has things to answer for in terms of those riots, but that wasn't his offense against democracy. It preceded that. Right. And uh, so uh, I had been planning to say, it's not January 6th. It's what happened before, to reiterate the conclusion that I reached at the time. And Trump's visit to Phoenix simply gave me a news peg uh, to do that. So there was uh, no hesitancy or doubt that it is a conclusion that I reached in real time as the plot was unfolding. Uh, But it was a news peg for me to do the clarification. Don't focus on January 6th, as searing an event as that was. It's the plot that preceded that, that's the true offense against democracy and to point out the continuing complicity of Arizona um, Republican elected officials and candidates uh, in, in that plot uh, that continues to this day by being willing to appear at Trump rally and to speak at Trump's rally, that is to condone the plot.
1: Yeah. I I totally agree with it. with, With that. It's almost shocking that, that, it's almost shocking and you have to sort of shake your head a little bit and actually, you know, squint your eyes and, and, and say to yourself, is this really what's happening? Because it's it's so wild to even think about it and talk about it in these terms. Um, but don't, don't you think that, you know, January 6th, uh, wasn't that the, the final attempt at what he was like? The, the, he had failed in his other attempts to stop the certification. You know, the reports came out um through uh, like Yvonne Winget Sanchez published a, a big uh, article about uh, Maricopa County officials being pressured directly by um, Giuliani and and Kelly Ward the um, uh, the Republican Party chairwoman um, but wasn't the January 6th like the last final like, way to do it even violently if the other nonviolent attempts to steal the election didn't work. I mean, the, the, the mob was, was gathered, they gathered the mob, you know, and, and like Charlie Kirk's group turning point, you know, they, they, they were recruiting to go to, to DC on January 6th. Um, the rhetoric was very clear. I mean, I was like, I was like glued that, that day I was glued to like what was going on in the news. Cause I, I was like, you know, this is this is kind of crazy. Uh, but then but then rallying them up right there, um, and then as they are storming over to the to the to the capitol and, and the and the and the lawmakers are there to simply fulfill their constitutional duty to count the vote, right? And to and to certify it. And while that's happening, this this people storm in there. Um and as that's happening, Trump is watching it, as that's happening, he tweets out that Mike Pence is a traitor to their cause I mean isn't can't you interpret that and would you interpret that as um, a violent a, 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 uh, an attempt of violent insurrection
0: uh, given that the other ones that the other plots um, had failed that needs to be inferred it, it's not um, it is certainly a um, inference that uh, could be drawn uh, but uh, as I wrote in the column, uh, it's subject to debate and interpretation. There's there's a leap that needs to take place in order to do that. With respect to the plot to get Republican legislators to ignore the election results in uh, their state and uh, send Trump electors rather than Biden ones or designate them for the Electoral College, there's zero question about uh, Trump orchestrating that um, and uh, uh, whether what was, a, what was intended on January 6th was a massive show of support that got out of control uh, or whether uh, there was a willingness to um, actually see uh, the certification process brought to a halt and prevent it from coming to a con- conclusion, uh, and that was Trump's intent from the beginning, um, just isn't as clearly established. It's a fair inference to, to draw, um, uh, but uh, it, it had no chance of success. Uh, even if the certification hadn't occurred on that date, it would have occurred. Um, it it was the prior exercise of trying to get Republican legislators to ignore the election results in their states and send Trump electors to the electoral college. Um, That was the true attempt to steal the election.
1: Are you worried about this happening again? Like you think if we have a Republican uh, majority, um, if we elect a Republican majority in 2022, Are they going to be more equipped and willing to execute this successfully in 2024?
0: I think that is a fair question uh, for voters to ask uh, about uh, any Republican candidate for office uh, who is uh, willing to support Trump to say that there were problems with the election, to appear with him, uh, to seek his endorsement. I think that raises serious questions about uh, that candidate's commitment uh, to um, self-governance and uh, democratic uh, rules of engagement uh, in American politics. Uh, and I do think that this is a question uh, that will haunt Republican candidates in 2022. I, um, there may be between, 2020, between now and 2004, Uh, a uh, reckoning and a change in direction within the party. I don't know. Uh, But uh, the commitment of Republican Party candidates who continue to seek Trump's support and to express support for him, to appear with him and thereby condone the plot uh, that he uh, initiated, uh, raises very deep and serious questions about uh, their fitness uh, to hold office.
1: Yeah, it's that's heavy. Um <clears throat> I like what uh just to quote one more thing from the piece you write. Uh self governance is unusual in human history and fragile. It requires those who seek power to abide and respect the processes established to decide uh, democratically who gets to govern. Limiting the powers of government is also an essential feature. It keeps elections from being a completely zero-sum game. So I think, I just thought that was apt, um, just tying it into like what, what should be or what at its core used to be the point of conservatism. And it, it seems like... Um, Not only is a government powerful enough to make it worth uh, these sort of crimes against democracy, but it's also, you know, the seems like the Republicans are losing that, um, that uh, their ethos, I guess you might say. Any other. takeaways or or anything you want to add on, uh, on that?
0: Uh, no, I, I just, I just, I just think that the, the party, the state and the country, uh, would be well-served by some Republicans charting a different course. Um, I, I'm not a party guy. Um, and I'm now a registered independent uh, but, uh, if we're going to have a two-party system, and one of the things I think we need, need to do is to reduce the role of parties in our elections, but if we're going to have a two-party system, uh, I, where the Republican party right now is irrespective of how you fit ideologically, uh, uh not good, um, for the state and for the country.
1: Well, let's, uh, Let's finish on that. I guess I could just end with a with a happy note about um, an awesome finish of the season by the Suns. Not not completely awesome as as we might have hoped. They lost in the finals, but I mean, drawing the Lakers in the first round. You know, going back to that feeling, it was like, you know, you they might have lost in the first round. They fought back. They beat LeBron. They beat both. They beat both uh, Lake uh, LA teams. So I mean, for me. I just had a lot of fun watching it, <laughs> watching it this year. And it was just, you know, kind of thrilling, even though it ended in a disappointing way. Do you have any, any takeaways or thoughts from this, uh, from last season for the Suns? No, well, um,
0: uh, only that you, uh, finally got me back to, uh, watching <laughs> professional basketball on the run. So <laughs> your, your enthusiasm was contagious. The, uh, the reffing. The
1: officiating might make me end up quitting watching <laughs> NBA eventually, but um, I'm definitely going to keep, keep tabs on what the Suns are doing this, this summer into next year and also go Team USA in the Olympics. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Political Notebook podcast. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks.